0: Today's episode is brought to you by Dreammaker Racing, the New York bred specialist. From top quality New York bred racehorses, Hall of Fame trainers, and unmatched hospitality services, Dreammaker Racing has everything to offer when it comes to owning a racehorse. Have you ever imagined what it's like to see your horse cross the finish line first at racetracks like Saratoga or Belmont? Well, now you can. Dreammaker Racing will put you in the winner's circle. Call today at five one eight. 587 or visit dreammakerracing.com and let us make your dreams come true today. My pal. Welcome to another episode of the Peace and Stew podcast. Uh, me and Peach, we did a real nice interview today, uh, with Gino Bucola. Uh he's a guy that's kind of doing um, somewhat of our format, uh, and he's doing it big and he's a fun guy. He's he's out there putting out YouTube content, he's got his podcast, um He's well worth a download, a listen. Just, you know, you'll hear him on this interview. He's just an awesome dude to vibe with. So hopefully you check him out. Uh, we plug him up front so you'll, you'll get his Twitter and he'll be uh, linked in when we send this out. A couple housekeeping notes before we get to the uh, interview with Gino. Uh, me and Peach, we're going to start trying to work back into a couple shows a week. Uh he's prepping for his fantasy football podcast, which will be coming out um possibly in another week or two. Uh stay tuned for that. Uh we're gonna start deep deep diving some of these college football uh conferences, uh and and I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for people to join me in peach as we deep dive some of these uh, conferences. So got a few already lined up. Got a couple conferences that are kind of open. Um, so yeah, just uh, if, if you're interested, drop us a line. Uh, outside of that, uh, oh, I can't forget uh, our weekly Friday uh, horse racing show that goes up. Um, I gave a little information. We're gonna we're gonna be giving that to our partner Andrew, who's taken uh the reins on that thing and uh turned it into quite something really fun. So we'll still be on it, uh, still be promoting it, still under the Patients Stew uh network banner, just uh giving him a little bit of more free reign to make it into what he wants it to be, which is uh really what we're about here just working together collaborating and you know go do it right uh so without further ado genu bucola uh we'll be back later this week uh talking baseball talking uh some nfl stuff what have you uh mixing in some interesting things uh that we've been talking about the past few weeks and uh hope you stay tuned but until next time enjoy the interview and we will catch you later this week at this time me and peace are joined by a guy that i just found like uh for the first time like a couple months ago heard the name he's got a podcast called that's what g said you can find him on the youtubes on your google machine or or wherever you're getting this podcast gino bucola
1: hey gino thanks for coming on man Hey fellas, I'm, uh, happy to be here with you guys. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks. Looking forward to to talking a little bit of everything with you. Can't wait. Thanks for coming on. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I've I really loved hearing from you. The one thing that I like to do, and, and with my show, is I try to be a jack of all trades. I try to be like variety show, one stop shop. You can get all your sports stuff, sports news, and then. For me, I'm not just normal sports. You get – I really love wrestling and horse racing. My mom and dad met each other at the racetrack. We owned horses growing up. So I've been involved in horse racing my whole life. And my dad was a wrestling coach. Um, I used to have the black box at my house, so when I was a kid, I could watch all the pay-per-views. Everyone I watched for, you know, from nineteen 19- eighty-seven all the way you. up. You just flip that little switch, that little button in the back, and boom! I got every WCW, WWF at the time, you name it. So you got a treasure trove. Yeah, it it was nice. I've got a lot of a lot of information stored up there. So You're Gina a horrible
0: person for you just you just made ten uh, year old me really pissed off.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, Gino, does that mean that you know how to wrestle, too, then? You, you know what, it, I, grew- I, when I, res- I wrestled from when I was five to when I was 14. When I was eight years old, I was third in the state at, like, nice. like, 40 pounds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I grew up wrestling, and then I actually played soccer and wrestled. And where, where I am out here in Southern California, when you get into high school, those two sports are the – I played baseball, basketball, football, soccer, wrestling. But the two sports I was the best at were soccer and, and wrestling. And, unfortunately, they're the same season. So you yeah. have to pick, uh, and you're in high school, you can't play the both of them. So I had to make a decision, was it going to be soccer, was it going to be wrestling? I ended up uh, picking soccer, which was a good decision. I, I was all league a couple times, and I was Hall of Fame at my high school, and it, it worked out really, really well. I had a great time doing it, but it was a bummer, because um, my dad coached wrestling growing up. Uh, he, he wrestled his whole life, and his brothers did, so it was a big wrestling family, and I just kind of had to make that decision. Am I going to be a soccer player or a wrestler? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I played. I played uh, soccer growing up as well. Um, had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but my downfall was I didn't really focus on it. I was like, yeah, I just play soccer because it's that type of season, um, you know. Usually, usually in the in the spring. But like my main focus was hockey, baseball, you know. And I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna make it in those sports. But I was actually way better at soccer, and I ended up being all league two and and got all state honors in Michigan. And my naive, I was so naive. I was like, "Yeah, I don't really care about the sport." But now I'm like, "Damn it! Probably should have focused on that a little bit." Yeah, it's.
1: I, I was kind of the same way. I I really like baseball. I think most growing up, and and then and and really and basketball too. I love I love basketball. Huge Laker fan. Just love love playing, love watching basketball. You're, for for transparency's sake, you are a Cali guy. California, Southern California. I grew up in Pasadena, born right here in, in L.A. So i have been. Right, you know, right next to the Dodgers, right next to the Lakers. I'm 10 minutes away from Santa Anita Racetrack. Um, now I I live the last year or so. I'm in Long Beach with my girlfriend and my uh, eight month old son now. But um, ain't nothing yeah. wrong with
0: Long Beach. Long no, Beach Long Beach was, is great.
1: It's great. So and, and my parents are in Temple City, right there where I live forever. So we go up, we go up and see them a few times a week. So I'm I'm still up uh, in that area all the time. But yeah, it, it was. It was a lot of fun because I was I'm I'm a maniac. I mean, you, when you when you listen to some of my shows, you could tell I will go off shows sometimes that go four hours long and we'll have <laughs> you know five different uh, awesome. like subjects. This this week alone, my two-hour show was four hours. Uh, my my Tuesday show was four hours, and the show I'm going to do on Thursday night, we already have a like a three hour, um, wrestling recap on WrestleMania 19 in the, that's just waiting in the wings to post. So I, I have to literally try to cut the rest of the show into about an hour's worth of stuff, just so I don't throw a five hour podcast up there and overwhelm people.
0: I I was digging, I was digging the, uh, 98 King of the Ring, uh, kind of retrospective with Andrew Champagne, who is a guy I respect, you know, coming from that horse world, you know, he, he knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, and and I want to kind of ask you a question too, because you have a a, a sponsor, somebody that you're you're promoting quite a bit uh, in Stable Duel. Yep, I love that program. Can you tell us a little bit about it? I mean, this is not. Yeah. I mean, they're not paying us for anything. I just think it's really cool in an inventive way. Uh. uh a different spin on like it's kind of like DFS, Mary's exactly. DraftKings, Fanduel, yeah, if, if, yeah for, it's those, for, it,
1: for, it, it's different. Yep. For some of you who have played DFS, DraftKings or Fanduel, it's the idea is you're basing you're picking a lineup based on a salary cap. So you get a salary cap of fifty thousand dollars that you have uh, ten races to spend on. And or pick 10 horses in any races that you want. That's You have to have 10 horses to make your lineup on a a certain day's racing. So let's say they're talking about racing, for uh, example. Tonight was one at Emerald Down. There was a contest where you go through your lineup, and the horses are put based on the price structure on what their morning line odds are. So a horse that's going to be a heavy, heavy favorite, that might cost you $10,000. So that would cost you 20% of your salary cap right off the bat, which means if you pick that horse – then the rest of your salary, the rest of the races, you're going to probably have to pick horses that are maybe eight, 10 to one shots on the morning line. They're longer shots. They're cheaper. So you have to formulate, build your lineup, just like you would do in DraftKings when you're sitting there on Sundays, playing, playing your football lineups. And you pick a a quarterback who's, you know, 7,500. So that means you have to go a little lower on your running backs or, or vice versa. So you fill your lineup all the way through. And the way you get points is if your horses run first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, and then, if your horse wins by a few, like five lengths, you get some bonus points based on how far they win by each length. So, what, it, what ends up being really cool is you can play in a contest for like five or 10 bucks and play the whole day and get action. And, and then some days it'll, it'll be the opposite. You'll maybe think you just want to play a contest and you start handicapping the races and you go, wow, oh, I love this horse in the fourth race at Emerald. I probably would have never played this race. I'm going to go bet 20 bucks to win on this horse. So it's, it's a blast. You know, sometimes people, I understand, I'm not someone who's betting thousands and thousands of dollars. That's not fun for me. I like to bet hundreds of dollars to try to make thousands of dollars. If I'm betting thousands, I'm, why am I trying to win? <laughs> what am I trying to win, you know? So right. just the, getting the action. Maybe some days your check is late. Or you only have a few bucks to play this week, but you want to get some action. You want to play. This is really, really fun. It's a different type strategy, and you know, you're know you're trying to find different things out. Like for me, I'm looking at when I go to play stable duel. Okay, I think this horse, he's 10 to 1 on the morning line. I think he's going to go off at like 4 to 1. That's the horse who I want to pick because I'm going to get value. If he ends up going off at 4 to 1, I'm going to be getting him like he's a 4 to 1 shot, but I paid a price that I would have paid for a 10 to 1 shot. So you start developing all sorts of strategy and stuff. It is it is a blast. I think they've it, only been going for about two weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, it came
0: it it got rolled out
1: uh, last year during two different
0: times. Yeah, I I caught one of them. I was I was I wasn't in the country for one of them, but I did catch one of them, and I thought the idea was amazing because really, it's something I wish when I started playing the game in handicapping and learning four or five years ago oh my god it would have saved me you, you, you know you always hear yeah. you have to pay for an education peach knows peach has been with me at the track and i'm yeah. like pulling my hair and it's a great he's time. Like, why, <laughs> why, why did you well yeah i
2: love watching him stress out
0: <laughs> yeah and by the way i've made you money asshole so you enjoy that you, you have uh, made my
2: see, and these i'm are big. Sing- Stu's a big horse guy, and I kind of just accompany him and encourage him to make bad decisions. Yeah, that's what as, I'm a lot as of my well friends as win. Are. Yeah, I yeah. buy you
0: know. I buy him a bucket, and he sits there and looks and goes, "Oh, that's a pretty horse." And meanwhile, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my face is in in the PPs. But like, you you pay for an education in this game, and you know that's true. Yep. I mean, everybody yep. will tell you that this is something where not only can you win a little bit because because the the stakes are you know they're not bad
1: i mean no uh it, they're they're reasonable payouts for five good, bucks good, five bucks ten bucks and now what they're starting to do is like anything they're, they've just been rolling things out so you can expect to see as the weeks come different style contests right now they last week they had a couple hundred dollar contests now for some of the bigger players just to oh, start yes. to separate so now yeah. every day there'll be you know they'll they'll always be a five or a ten dollar contest and then now they're starting to have 25s 50s and 100s you can get a little separation some of the bigger players can play in in pools against some of the bigger players some of the smaller players can feel like they have a, a shot and maybe not be playing against a player that's got 10 different entries or something like that i think they're gonna have all sorts of different racetracks now as you know the track seasons are starting to change last week alone they had keeneland emerald downs delaware park Woodbine, um, we're, they're going to get Monmouth into, into the mix this week. So, Gulfstream Park has been one for the, uh, a, a while. I'll tell you what,
0: Gino, my heart is warming because I cut my teeth at Emerald Downs when I was stationed nice. out, out nice. at Emerald. It is – peach. I wish I could have taken you to this place. This place is like
1: – Gorgeous. N- it's, the mountains it's in, the it's yeah, Mount Mount in the background. beautiful. Yeah, Mount Rainier
0: in the background. But when you go into the clubhouse, and I love me some Emerald Downs. But, like, A, I realized, take a dartboard and just throw. throw. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Throw. Take your PPs and just crumple them. Throw them Nothing in a sticks. corner. I, I mean, a, a lot of the races, you look and you go, yeah, I wouldn't bet it were your money. Nope. And, the, and they're winners. Uh, and then it's, like, nineteen seventy. Uh, back it, there
1: it, it's it, like it's so amazing you get the railbirds. you're trapped like- it's like if you're trapped in 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 time it does feel like it really does there are a few racetracks out there that are like emerald canterbury track is kind of like that in minnesota where it's a it's like a, a track that on the weekends or thursday friday saturday nights everybody goes out there it, it's the thing to do in town. Everybody goes out to the track, has dinner at the cafe, you know, at the quarter shoot cafe. And then they, they come on in and have a couple drinks. And it, it's just part of the, the it's part of the experience. And I, I, that that's fun. I mean, that's fun when you're there being at a track like Emerald and, or to track like Canterbury, which is unfortunate right now because everything going on and a lot of these tracks yeah. are open to, to fans like they would be sure you, you get such a different experience when you're there on track. You, like you said, it just, it feels like you're back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It, it's really fantastic. And, and if you're interested,
0: hit up stable duel. It's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. You can Peace. download the app anywhere you need. Oh yeah. The,
0: the app. Yeah. We're going to be linking it. And uh, when we roll this out in our Twitter um, and I, I'm playing, uh, I've
1: got my stuff already set up. Sounds
2: uh, like a good way for me crazy. to get involved. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's fun Cause I mean, you don't, you can just Excuse put a five, five bucks in. You don't right. feel like you're, if you lose it's, but, but it's, e- I don't say it's easy, but you can win this not knowing anything about horse racing by and just thinking, you know, off that's the, the other account.
0: thing too, you know, cause Peach is a guy who's, uh, you know, it, it's like blood from a stone to get you to play. a. am like sitting there. Okay. Let's play a hundred dollar double here. And you're looking at me like I got a third eye. This is one of yeah, those things when know. you're interested in a big day, Belmont Stakes, Kentucky Derby, Preakness Day, and it's on TV, and you're partying. Right. For five bucks, you you have a thing, and you can make phone calls to friends, and and you can look yeah. at the stuff, and and you got
2: you got skin in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. See that that seems like something that I would get involved with because if you looked at me and you're like, hey, let's put a hundred bucks on the Colts to beat the Texans at. You know, in Texas, I'd be like down because I know something about it. Mm-hmm. I know I know the players, I know who they are, I follow the sport, you know, it makes sense to me. But when you said I well, go yeah, let's put a hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks on this horse, ten to one, I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying.
1: And, and <laughs> in this situation, it you're you can just say, hey, you know, you're watching what I and what I find myself doing too in this, I'm rooting a lot more for horses in the third, fourth, and fifth spots than I normally would. Because I'm generally someone that plays to win or that plays like pick fours or pick fives, where I'm, I'm usually just looking for the winner. But yeah. now I know that if my horse finishes fifth, I'm still going to get some points. Chasing and so, yeah. So I'm sitting there as these horses are backing up going, just hold on for fourth, just hold on for fourth. You know, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's fun. Like it's given me even a different sense of, of rooting for the races.
2: That's excellent. So Gino, you mentioned you're a Lakers fan. How
1: do you feel about the NBA restart? Oh, the – if you if you're on twitter uh, at uh, bubble life is a great follow you get to see some of the, the players out there they they're like they're in their dorms you know it feels like they're either uh, high school or college kids they're out having fun they're they're playing they're fishing they're uh, they're playing cornhole and stuff out there um, i'm as a laker fan i'm very optimistic about this situation i i think that they are led very very well by lebron in here and in this bubble situation I probably wouldn't want to be a younger type team that doesn't have leaders. I feel like totally. LeBron is a great, great. He he'll look around. And even guys like Dwight Howard, who's had a really good year for the Lakers and um, you know, and Anthony Davis, he's gonna lead also by example. I just feel like they have a group of guys and veterans that have been around. I don't, I don't think they're gonna be ones that maybe get caught partying or or leaving the bubble uh or things like that. So I I'm I'm very excited. And then just from a pure basketball standpoint they are in a great spot with what they've done so far the restart for them is mainly going to be i think trying to figure out what their rotation is going to be like now yeah just get davis and lebron on the floor for a minute you're probably not going to see a whole lot of those guys though i'd be really surprised if we're seeing them playing 30 minutes a game
2: how do you feel about losing bradley
1: so bradley and, that, and then now recently rondo uh, yeah, just got rondo. hurt too those, those are the two He's got that yeah. veteran
2: presence, you know, he's, he's no slouch. He's good
1: defense. You know, he's, he's, he's a great, he's a great depth piece. So the Rondo piece doesn't bother me as much because I'm assuming that come playoff time, LeBron's going to be playing 40 minutes and the ball is going to be in his hand most of the time. So yeah. the, the real where Rondo really serves is when LeBron needs his five minutes to take a, to, to take a rest, to get a little breather. Cause that's when Rondo can, can, control the offense, he can run the offense, he can get the ball to Davis, and he can just kind of be that veteran presence on the floor with the second unit. Now, the Bradley one hurts a little bit because Bradley was playing his best basketball of the year. He was shooting incredible for the last month and a half or so. He was hitting everything from three. He was playing great defense. He was really he sure didn't t- do that in Detroit, but I digress. No. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, he was he was setting a tone. Motivation, Stu. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and <laughs> I th- the real the real key it's it's funny to say that uh for a uh, Lakers team that's led by LeBron that's led by Anthony Davis that has a um, you know guys like Dwight Howard and and players that names that we know and, and that we've become familiar with there's going to be one guy who is going to be the real key to this team when they restart his name is Alex Caruso um, and he's a cult classic sort of hero for Laker fans they love this guy he was a G-leaguer who has played his way into a full-time NBA contract in the last few years when things were not going good in Lakerland and and they were really struggling. He was one of those players that, that a lot of the fans love because he does not look like an athlete. The joke in the no. story about Alex Caruso is that when he walked into the, the camp at the Lakers camp for the first time, Luke Walton said, I think you're lost.
2: He's <laughs> like an old man.
1: He he looks like he's kind of balding. Yeah. He's white. He's not overly big or tall. He literally just looks like a guy that you you'd walk past him on the street and you would never think twice that he's an athlete. And the guy has springs. He can jump out of the building and he plays defense. He does all of the things right that you would want on the court. He just doesn't do anything incredible. He he's he's fundamental. Right. plays really good defense. He'll hit the 3 for you. He can sort of run the offense, but but not really, which, which makes him a great uh, fit next to LeBron because he doesn't need the ball. He'll do all the things LeBron doesn't want to do. He has literally become one of the biggest, biggest keys to this Lakers season for success. He's going to have to be playing 25-plus minutes a game now in order to fill some of those minutes for Bradley and for Rondo. There's going to be a lot more pressure on him than he's ever had, but I, if you follow the, the guy, if you watch him on social media, if you listen – he loves it. He's a funny guy. He's goofy. He has one of the best plus minuses in the league with LeBron. When those two guys are on the court together, they are as good as any pair of basketball players in the league, which is, is pretty crazy to say.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Caruso is going to be the X factor for the Lakers because you know LeBron's going to show up. Obviously, he's one, he's one of the best to play all time, if not the best, arguably. Um, AD and Caruso's character, I love that he's balding all over and he still keeps what hair he has left. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's intimidation itself. It is. It it's is. like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to play basketball. I don't care how I look.
1: It's like when the, when, <laughs> when the girl, it's, it's like, if you're, you know, when the girl dates the guy, that's not good looking and everyone's wondering why. And it's like, this guy's just confident in himself. Right. He doesn't care if he tucks his shirt in or wears a, a, a nice jacket. He's just, he's just being himself. That, that's Caruso.
2: Exactly. You're like, that guy has to be hilarious. Yeah, guys, be a
1: good
2: time. <laughs> what, yeah, what's,
0: no, your, I, what's your take, Gino, on uh, the clips? I mean, you know, your rivals now for the first time since I'm checking uh, my calendar and my watch uh, ever. Uh, where
1: where where do you put the clips at? It was a funny dynamic over the last year with uh, the whole was Kawhi gonna come? It was about a year ago. We were just finding out about Kawhi making his decision that he picked the Clippers over the Lakers. And um, it, it's crazy how in the last year, there was never, like, as a Laker fan, there was never like a rivalry. I never had any issue with the Clippers at all. Actually, I rooted for them to do well. And especially years when the Lakers weren't doing well, but now there's become this, All these Clipper fans have come out of the woodwork. I just, I'm telling you, I was wondering where they've been forever. And now they're huge Clipper fans. They're lifelong Clipper fans. They hate LeBron. I think that's really what it comes down to is that the Lakers now have LeBron. So you get, not only does everybody in the world hate the Lakers, there's a lot of people that hate LeBron. So when you put the two of them together, this is just like an animal and a beast unlike any other before with people that just do not want to see this team winning. The Clippers are a legitimate contender. They have a legitimate shot to win. I'm wondering what the bubble is going to be like for them, and what the ramping up and starting and stopping is going to be for them. Because for them, they're going to go as far as Kawhi goes. If if he is in 90 percent shape physically, if he's able to go almost every night, you know, come playoff time, if he's able to go every night at at that level, they're going to be really, really good. My only concern for a team like the Clippers is. If they, when they match up with the Lakers, who, who is going to be able to dictate the way they want to play? Because the Clippers can go small. The Lakers can go really big. And the Clippers have no response for that. If the Lakers want to go big and they want to go Dwight and Davis and LeBron out there on the court and even Kuzma. So they can go really, really big at one, if, they, if they had to. And the Clippers can't respond there. Same thing, if the Clippers go really, really small and try to stretch you out, they might be better, better suited to do that. They can kind of take Dwight Howard off the court for the most part and try to to try to make Davis play the big and try to stretch you out. So I hope it's the two of them. I genuinely feel like the Lakers and Clippers out in the West are head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I would be surprised if it's not those. If they're I got healthy. a team.
0: I got a team. I think okay. this – I got a team in the West, and, and I was listening to your Western Conference – Preview that you had a couple of days ago, which I encourage everybody. I better know not to say the Rockets. To. No, I'm not saying the Rockets. I th- I think the Daryl Morey train. He can he can take his happy ass to the Sloan Conference, and, <laughs> and he can go you know talk about analytics of James Harden's 55 shots he takes a game. Uh what what about what are people missing about the Blazers?
1: So they're Dirk, they are Nurkic comes back. Collins is back too. Collins
0: is back. Dame is healthy. CJ's healthy. Uh, This is a team that I see in a potential matchup could be a nightmare for the Lakers. Could be a nightmare for the Clippers. Now they have to they have to win their playing game, and and you know that's uh, you know I'm not going to say fait accompli, but you know it could happen and. You know, in a series, I'd take them. Also, what the Pelicans and a lot of yeah, it, it, they're a real young team, but Zion is a completely different player than when we last saw him. He's looking like he's an outside linebacker for the Raiders, more so than he's looking like you know what we saw. You know the the quote unquote fat Zion. <laughs> that that yeah, you know, on, yeah. coming off the injury and everything, he has to get in the game. He looks like he's entering CrossFit competitions now. So, what where do we put where do we put the Pelicans? Because they still he, got J. Rue Holiday. I mean, there's still a lot of
1: talent on that team, and they got an easy schedule. You hit the two teams that scare me the most as a fan. If I'm a Lakers fan, I don't want to see. And you never say I. I'm not going to say I want to play Memphis or I want to play Sacramento, right? There, those teams are, have talent, but I, I don't want to play Portland. I don't want to play New Orleans. As a Laker fan, Portland and Dame, Dame can, can beat any team if he gets hot. We've seen him do so. He can go on stretches where he can, he can be incredible for a week or two. Now, I don't think that Portland could beat the Lakers and then the Clippers, but I do think they could beat one or the other. That would be a lot to ask for them to be that good for two straight series to have to beat those two teams in a row. But if you told me that Lilliard got hot for a week and a half and they won a seven-game series and Lilliard scored 55 in game seven, I wouldn't shock. Shocked. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock you. And as a Laker fan, the Pelicans, there is no, they, they play the Lakers with absolutely no pressure at all on them. With with the whole dynamic of the trade with Davis and a lot of the young Lakers over there with Lonzo Ball, with Brandon Ingram, with Josh Hart, it's like they're playing against your older brother sort of where – You love to beat your older brother. You want to beat up on him. You don't really feel that pressure. And the older brother feels like, uh uh-oh, you know, you you start feeling it if you miss a shot or two. And if for some reason they win game one and they upset you, and then everyone's saying, uh uh-oh, maybe Zion is the next coming. Who got the better of the trade? Oh, look, Brandon Ingram, he might be an all-NBA guy in a few years. You know, so those are the two teams that that scare me as a fan. I'd go, oh, man. I don't want to play the, the Pelicans six or seven times with those young guys like coming back into staple center. Or not coming back into staple center, but you know, met metaphorically coming in on the road or or coming in to play the Lakers and and thinking, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna end their season right now. That that scares me as a fan. And they, they have I, I believe both of those teams are outside of the
2: playoff bubble right yeah, now. Yeah, they need right? to get in. Yeah. They need so to like, get in. They need to be yeah. within
1: four. So they, they have to so we work got eight to games. do.
2: Mm-hmm. They got eight games to get in there and get work done and and hopefully get in get in the NBA playoffs. This would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In in like for the and for the Lakers come you know I think I think probably for the Clippers too and for the Bucks like a lot of these teams it's gonna be we'll just let everybody else play themselves out and kind of get fall where they are, where they will behind us. I just don't think like I would I don't think we're gonna see a ton of Kawhi a ton of. Uh, PG, a ton of LeBron, a ton of AD, because they don't really have a whole lot to gain by playing in the next eight games. Um, they just want to, they have to get back into shape though. You got to get on the court a little bit and get back into basketball shape. And I mean, I'm, I'm jazzed right now. I'm just – I'm watching, like, right now as we're recording, the, I got the Dodgers spring training game on in the background <laughs> on Facebook Live that I'm watching. They're streaming it, and they're going back and forth. And then uh, I think they said in just a week we're going to have uh, some, some scrimmage games for the NBA. Yeah, it's exciting. Are you a hockey guy too? You know, I'm – not as much. And I think a lot of it, it comes down to just the fact that I didn't play hockey growing up. When yeah. the Kings and, – in and, and SoCal, like, when the Kings get good and they have their runs and when they had their Stanley Cup runs a few years ago, I love watching hockey. And going to a hockey game or a playoff hockey game is Electric. incredible. Like, if you're someone that doesn't like hockey or maybe you're not watching it all the time, go to a game one time and you'll be way more interested in it. It just – there's nothing like the ice, the cold, the smell, the feel. And the, 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 you, you, you hear everybody getting like, right into the – like, checked into the boards. It's just – it, it's awesome
2: yeah i agree i i enjoyed i enjoyed watching those king's cup runs they what well, they won two or three right yeah two, two really out of a,
1: two out of three years i think that yeah they had those good runs with the blackhawks too where they were the some oh, yeah. of awesome series yeah
2: Stu and i are red wing fans so we're a little
1: down in the dumps right now but we've uh we've
2: enjoyed our run and now we're just rebuilding but mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when the the Blackhawks and the Kings were were switching off every other year, mm-hmm. like the first five years of the 2010s. But yeah, yeah. like you said, the atmosphere is electric. Uh, the smell, the the just you know, drinking beer, fights, the elite level of play, fast. It's it's just it's an incredible atmosphere. I can't wait for the NHL playoffs. Um, I don't know if they'll pump. I th- I imagine they're gonna pump music in. I don't know about you but I I love when I I love when they're pumping music in and for the crowd noise, you know. It, you ha- I think you, you have to you have,
1: have to. Well, we and we've seen it in wrestling too, right? Even in in it's even if there's just a few people in the crowd, it it's way different than when there's nobody in the crowd. That doesn't that just doesn't feel good. And, and I mean, it's I'm, way
0: different when uh you're not making anybody wear masks and a COVID yeah. outbreak allegedly yeah. happens. Yeah. Allegedly. yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. According to yeah. Dave Meltzer.
1: Allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it, yeah, it's not, I, I like the, the, na- the noise. I want the sound pumped in. I, I want it. And cause it can, can, you imagine in basketball, we're going to be hearing the sneakers. Yeah, you know, are we just gonna be hearing the k- 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 up and down the court. I don't. Speaking I don't, of that, they just had they just had that. Um, I heard the tournaments
2: called. Was it a TBT tournament? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. That yeah,
0: happen. No. Wait, that happens every year. The TBT. I know, tournament. but they like did Ohio that State. Yeah, but the, uh, like I don't support it because Ohio State always feels like an alumni team that's always
2: really good. <laughs> but it's just it's just good to see that. Like a league a model. or like a tournament, a model yes. and a, mm-hmm. it, that doesn't have the resources like the NBA pull something off like that.
1: Yeah, that's, it gives you a little bit of good. hope that something can it maybe make it through. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh,
0: you know, I wanted to kind of switch topics a little bit because we were talking about, you know, some NBA and, and horse racing, a little bit of NHL. But at the beginning, you know, I'm a wrestling nerd. Uh, I was at the first AEW show here uh, out here in DC. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge Mark. Mark doesn't understand that term, but he actually is a Mark too. He's a Mark for Jim Harbaugh. He's a Mark, <laughs> right? I, I'm I
2: a Michigan Jim Harbaugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I'm a Mark too. And you know, we, we I read the Observer and Keller and and all that stuff. And my, Mike, you're doing some big stuff. Rewatching things. I want to talk just vaguely. I'm not going to go into you know uh, reviews of Monday Night Raw, but like it, it, in like a kind of a state of the union address. Uh, what? Where is wrestling now? Because we. We grew up, all of us grew up on like Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, NWO, all that good stuff. And now now we're in a world where it's, uh, you know, to quote Matt Hardy, spot monkeys. uh, You know, it's slapping the leg. We have Jim Cornette out there. We have... A lot less viewership. We have a lot more things out there. Uh, Where are you when it comes to the state of everything today?
1: So it's it's kind of mixed feelings, mixed emotions for me right now because I think – what we're seeing in the world of wrestling as a wrestling fan it's fun because we have we have more options than we've ever had i mean even we we started with WWE we have you know Monday Night Raw and we have Friday Night Smackdown we have NXT on Wednesday nights now we also have All Elite Wrestling which is the brand new company that's awesome we have New Japan that we can stream online if we want to there's you know Ring of Honor and, and TNA i was watching some of the NWA power on youtube earlier there was, so there's here. Yeah. There's a lot of options out there, which is great as a wrestling fan. It's sort of a wrestling boom. The, the problem is, is, in the last like year, year and a half, and when we talk about wrestling, I think you've got to, you to start with WWE because that's at the top, and it all kind of trickles down from there. It doesn't feel like WWE is in the business of making stars anymore. Uh, oh, in the, 100% in agree. i so happy of, you said that. Of promoting the WWE. The WWE is the star. And what ends up happening is we get to see a ton of of WWE programming all over the place. We have the network now. We can go back and watch anything we want from any pay-per-view, any era, anything. I canceled, brother. We don't – yeah, we just – we don't have a – everything is – they don't treat anybody like they're a big deal. They treat everybody like they're kind of on the same playing level. And it's a, you win one week and then you lose the next week and you win one week and then you lose the next week. And it's just back and forth. They call it the 50, 50 booking. You just don't ever feel like anybody's a big star anymore. It, it, it has to happen kind of naturally. And we've seen it happen sort of naturally in the last, decade maybe a few times you know maybe it was cm punk before with the pipe bomb and then it was daniel bryan he had his rise well there's
0: been moments there's but when's the last homegrown created superstar john cena.
1: Yeah, cena i mean becky had a good little run this last year and a half or so yeah okay yeah i'll give you maybe that becky, becky you know, sasha saw, um, the, the women from nxt charlotte even they're, they're phenomenal they're incredible And and that's as a as a fan like Think about what, you know, I was watching the 2003 WrestleMania and one of the matches is a really good triple threat match with, you know, Trish Stratus and Victoria and Jazz. And then the other thing they have is a pillow fight with four women that are, uh, that are in their bras and panties. Well, that's what, that's you know. what
0: pissed me off about Friday is you got Lacey Evans coming out and they're bringing back the, the pageants. Yeah.
1: and Karaoke is what they were doing. Exactly.
0: Were you know, when Jerry Lawler going to gonna be out there pinned like a dog? Hubby
1: yeah screaming for uh, it's just so
0: remembers peace remembers yeah. he i do he was a 10 year old exploring his body i their- know
1: <laughs> 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 <Hey>, <laughs> but it's yeah hey, no. I, I love it you know i'm watching i'm watching wrestling all the time now we got wednesdays are, for, as far as wet, um, watching wrestling are concerned, where you get NXT and you get All Elite Wrestling. That's those really are, the night, isn't it? That's the night now. I mean, those are great. And honestly, those two shows for, are probably the best quality wrestling bang for your buck of the week. You'll get really good stuff on Raw and SmackDown sometimes too. The problem with Raw is when it's three hours, If they can, if you could maybe pick out 45 minutes or an hour's worth of important or good stuff, and it feels like there's an hour, an hour and a half, two hours of, of just kind of filler. Sometimes. And, um, and then you, you add that onto the fact that right now we're in the middle of this pandemic where we don't have full stadiums, we don't have full crowds, some of these wrestlers, I mean, perfect example, like all elite wrestling, they had to postpone their title match a few weeks because of John Moxley, because his wife tested positive for Coronavirus Renee Young, who was a, a member of the WWE broadcast staff. My my
0: my comments and my thoughts on that whole thing are perfectly encapsulated by Taz and yeah. Brian Cage in the background doing the, the the shoot. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it, when you run sloppy shops, uh that's what, happens. that's what happens. I mean, Kevin Owen even went up to Vince McMahon and said, Yeah, you have me in your main event, but I'm not I'm not gonna be there if you don't get people in mass
1: wearing masks and you're
0: not, you're not taking this seriously. They had peach. They had a, a Corona outbreak of like 30 people. There's only like 50 in the building.
1: <laughs> <And> like <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like it, it's, that. it's like bare minimum essential personnel. And you're, you're having these outbreaks because a, nobody was wearing masks. B, Nobody was, uh, you know, staying six feet apart or whatever. I think AEW's done it. it they've done a similar thing. But the th- difference is, is that some people have always been able to wear masks and I think they've done a lot more. Well, they were stringent. testing at AEW.
1: That was the they, too. a lot
0: more stringent testing policy. Yep, too.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. They were testing everybody all the time when they would come in from, from the beginning, as soon as they had tests available, they would test fans even that were going to come in and they were testing their wrestlers all the time. WWE was starting to, to have social distancing or this things here and there, but they weren't testing over and over they were it was kind of like out of sight out of mind we don't they're want cleaning
0: the ring with yeah. uh you know some some paul Levesque inspired cleaning product <laughs> well here, okay so uh a qu- few quick hits because i know we want to talk eastern conference basketball and circle yeah. back around this is just me uh marking out with another another uh smart mark uh where? How do you rank all the promotions? Where? Where is New Japan World Wrestling? Where? Where? Where is NWA? Where? Where is TNA? Where's AEW, etc. So I, th- th- all,
1: I think all of them really got hurt by All Elite Wrestling, for, at least from for my viewing habits, because I was someone who I would watch the big new Japan shows and I would, yeah. I, was, I love watching wrestle kingdom. I would, I would like make that an event getting up at, yep. I would, I would like plan my whole week around it. Like Start, it starts early. at
0: like one o'clock in the morning here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would sleep early and then I'd wake up. So I'd be, I wouldn't be tired. I'd have my drinks all set and my food already and everything. I, I'd love doing that. And TNA I would catch from time to time and ring of honor. I would get into here and there. The problem is though with, with all elite wrestling, that kind of, I don't, fulfilled a lot of that appetite at least for me or a lot of the reasons why i would watch you know new japan when i would see kenny omega and chris jericho over well, there it's
0: not it's it, they stole you know chucky e. t comes over yep. trent beretta comes over a lot of the guy jeans come over mm-hmm. um it, when you look at new japan i mean dominion was this past weekend and you know Evil is now leading the Bullet Club. They're. There no White about. is stuck in New Zealand. No uh, buzz. and Tongaloa yep. are hanging out. Like it, it's it's cool, and and there's good matches. But we're you know I miss Will Osprey. I yep. mean mi- that it, that show relies so heavily on the guy population, but yet they it, they're. Always hesitant to absolutely put them over.
1: Yep, to elevate someone completely, they really want to wait. And I think they've, I think a lot of it has to do with you know what. Every time it feels like the last few years when they did that first with AJ, and then he left, and then they did it with Omega, and then he left. So I think they're a little bit scared of putting the ball in someone's court and letting them run with it. If they're, do you think, do you think they work with AEW again? I think it would be beneficial for both for both companies to do so. Um, No, well, no I I think if New
0: Japan and AEW Team up together Kind of in a similar way That happened with WCW back in the day Uh, When you listen to Eric Bischoff Talk about like him And um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name But you know him Uh, The old His best buddy That was in uh, He was a manager I forget Mm -hmm. I forget off. No, I, I, no, 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 no. He was from new Japan.
1: Oh, 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 oh um, Sonny, On- Sonny, Ono, Sonny. Ono. Yeah, yes. Yeah, thank
0: yeah. you. You, you win the Best Buy gift card for tonight. <laughs> um, but when Sonny Ono was kind of like booking over there and, and giving the ideas. Out, yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was ahead of its time. You have Gato and you have Tony Khan and you have Harold Mage and and they all sit down in a room and everybody's lockstep. Uh, I I see that as like something that could take down the WWE because that would you're be the right. best
1: chance as a competitor. You, need, you're need- talking
0: something even more serious than WCW because you're catching WWE. This is a worse state than 94. When you look at, at least in 94, Bret Hart was still a, A younger superstar. Shawn Michaels was a younger superstar. Taker was only in WWE for three years. They weren't sitting back going, hey, you know, let me, let's, uh, let's call up Jimmy Snuka and push him.
1: And it's so weird because they have the most talented and deepest roster. This is the largest
0: roster ever
1: had. Yeah. Do you trust them to do? Do you trust them to put all of these super talented ladies, gentlemen, guys, and gals in the spots to succeed? I don't right now.
0: They screwed up Nakamura. They screwed up uh, Finn Balor.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's I mean, keep going a, down Finn, the list. Finn, they're, they're lucky that Asuka has sort of on her own rejuvenated herself because her they, were, thing, yeah. they were about to screw that one up pretty badly too. I think how many, how many people that come up? I mean, like someone like Sami Zayn. You know, he screwed him very, up. He just, Kevin, Kevin like Owens perfect, got
0: bungled. I mean, yeah, if it wasn't Mike. for the Jericho program, I mean, where and, is Kevin Owens?
1: And even someone right now like Seth Rollins, who should be a huge company babyface. He's got a weird Messiah gimmick thing going that
0: hasn't really piece, fit. Peace, WWE is having a, a pay-per-view this where weekend, the main event this weekend is literally the goal of the match is take the other person's eyeball out of their head?
1: An eye for an eye match, and they're That's, selling it like it's really wild. going to happen. They're telling us like <laughs> on the show. They're telling you somebody's gonna take another person's eye out of their socket.
0: It's Rey Mysterio, by the way, dude. That's <laughs>
1: Mysterio. God, yeah, Mysterio Rollins. So I'm. I will say,
0: Peach. What is th- your th- take on that? Yeah, I mean, you used to be a friend. Uh, to wrestling
2: I, you I, like i watched wrestling in the 90s i loved the nwo Wolfpack. i loved down, down, down. Yeah, yeah i
0: mean it was just what do you think about great. hearing a, <laughs> a a match where another dude is the goal of the match is to take somebody's eyeball out of their
1: i just head. think
2: it's excellent marketing well, it's no,
0: gonna
1: the,
2: be awesome uh, because
0: yeah, okay. i'm curious
1: right i don't know what's gonna happen right. we'll say this i know they're not wait, greatest wrestling
0: match ever <laughs>
1: No, we know nobody's going to have their eye taken out, but I'm curious, what are they going to do to draw away from it? There has to be some sort of a surprise, something. So that I'm, I'm curious in that.
2: Right. There's gotta, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's gotta be right <laughs> when the guy's about to get his eye taken out. Something's got to happen. Yep. Yep. They're, they're like oh,
0: Undertaker comes Light back, goes out, Call up the under undertaker CM yeah. Punk yeah, or
1: whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you know, last question before we get back to basketball, Gino and, and, you know, I think for me, you know, in all transparency, I I'm like you. It was New Japan was my jam. Uh, then the Elite leaves, AEW starts. I bought in. I was at the first taping. Um, that show excites me. Uh, it being able to watch it with my with my three year old, we he was like in awe people jumping around and it's certainly a lot different than me watching WWF superstars and, uh, Mr. Perfect versus, you know, uh bastion booger or something. Yeah. Um, it's a lot different, but I think this program and it, it, it harkens back to like WCW when I, Enjoyed it, which is 95, 96. And there's some campy elements. There's some cruiserweight elements where you get superstars in there, too. And then it's also very much like you – it's just different. Whereas WWE – and this is going to be my final question. WWE is – I mean, Raw got its lowest rating ever this week. And I'm not blaming that on the quarantine – I'm not blaming that on
1: No, because things were going this way before that. they uh, were trending this way before that they for the were. last couple of years. They were yeah.
0: trending down and down, and when you're pitching me the big show making his baby face turn for the forty second time. Um and and I'm seeing Randy Orton and I'm seeing all these kids. I, I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. I don't I don't watch NXT anymore. Because it's all to me pointless. Because at the end of the day, it's just really hard to get past the forty guys in the creators' room. Just there's one guy in the poop fart jokes. He gets a kick (sighs) out of. (laughs) (laughs) That's great (laughs)
1: shit. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's a bummer because you hear. You hear when the wrestlers leave. That was Vince or,
0: McMahon, by the way. That was our for peace, oh, yeah. oh, no. For so, peace in the crowd, yeah. That's Vince McMahon. Oh, that's good when, shit.
1: When the, the talent, rest, the wrestlers leave, or when the writers leave, or producers leave, we hear them say just what we're saying. They say, hey, we were in a room, and there were these great ideas, and we have these great storylines, and they went right up the ladder, and Vince looked them and just said no. Or they had everything planned out, and it was literally 30 minutes before we're about to do this entire big angle on Monday Night Raw, and he changes his mind and scratches it and rewrites the program. And that, that's got to be in, in any industry or walk of life that you're in. I, I myself, when I was on TV at, uh, covering horse racing at TVG, and, I, and, and nobody – it wasn't a, a freedom type thing, but I just you're – on, you're on a network. You have – a lot of people, a lot of things, you can't really say – you can't really get too controversial. If if somebody that's a major figure is doing something wrong, you can't really talk bad about them. So you I- – I felt like sometimes my sort of maybe my integrity was compromised a little bit. Right. And that's how you, I'm sure all of those, those guys feel, I understand you're getting paid to do it. It's just your job. It's like, you're an actor, but it comes to, it comes to a point where you just kind of get, get a little bit sick of it and you want to go out on your own. And I kind of do the same thing. I have my, that's what G said. Now I can have a show where I talk horse racing for an hour, talk wrestling for an hour and basketball and football and baseball and a little bit of everything. And if there's someone in horse racing that deserves to be, you know, kind of criticized or critiqued. I can do that. There's someone that deserves to be praised. I can do that. I, I, I feel for a lot of these wrestlers and talented ladies and gentlemen in WWE right now, it's almost like they hire them just to keep them off the market. So nobody else can hire them and they don't ever give them a chance or an opportunity to really succeed.
0: Last question before we switch back to basketball. Uh, and sorry to Pish, because I know he's, he's got something in the chamber already loaded. Uh, I'm good. Uh, where do you see AEW and WWE come this time next year? I where, think... where do you see it being? Is, are we seeing a monumental change, or are we seeing status quo? And if we're seeing status quo, when do you think that changes in your mind?
1: I think a lot of this is going to come down to Vince. What's going to happen with Vince in the next? Is is he going to live forever? You know, is Vince going to be the guy still calling the shots in five more years and 10 more years? I think um, I'm not a huge Triple H guy as a wrestler and stuff, but I think if he was in charge and running the show, the WWE would be a little bit better overall storyline. Just in general, I do think that, I think AEW is not a flash in the pan. I don't know if they're going to ever be able to catch up to where they're on even terms with WWE or make a dent in the numbers or get up to the million and a half, two million viewers. But I don't think there's some – they'll be around next year. There's enough people following them. There's enough people that are interested. They, the, the TV companies that have worked with them like them. They get a really good social media buzz. I just I, – I need to see from them – I need to see MJF Jungle Boy Darby Allen um uh, all all of these prospects that look like they could be the next String of of main eventers, they all need to take that step. Just like we were talking about with WWE, they have to cultivate this next group. I look at at, at some of the wrestlers, like I, those guys I just mentioned. I mean, I love MJF, I love Jungle Boy, I absolutely love Darby All, and I think he's a future star in the making. Orange Cassidy is already a star right now. If those guys can continue to grow and develop with another year of being on TV, each and every week, and their confidence continues to rise, then you're looking at a rogue maybe group who could compete down the line you know you have a group of five or six guys now that are maybe as good as and that could be a five-year down the line thing but I think right now their biggest their biggest um, goal has to be this next group those young guys let's really build them up over the next year and make them feel like stars
2: all right Gino i mistakenly forgot to ask you about the eastern conference when we were talking about the nba as a lakers fan you your lakers get to the finals who are you most nervous to face is it the bucks alone because they're the best team and they have arguably one of the biggest stars in the league um i still think lebron james is the the best in the league i think it's ridiculous how he doesn't win MVPs. All the and a side year.
0: note, I think My- Michael Jordan was very good too. But and I mean, <laughs> you know,
2: I mean like honestly, the overall, you know what I mean? The yeah, overall, he's the best overall, player every year. He should be yeah, winning every, it every year. Every year. But uh, do you fear the Bucks? Do you think Boston has a shot? The 76ers, who I okay, think.
1: I was, I was really high on the 76ers at the beginning of the year. And I, and I think this might be an opportunity for them now to get maybe fulfill their potential. This team was atrocious on the road and they were unbelievable at home. So I'm really curious how the neutral site of the bubble is going to affect them. Are they going to be like they were on the road? Cause it feels like they're on the road all the time. Or are they going to be a little more relaxed because they're all kind of at home in, in this situation? I, I'm going to give them, I would give them a shot. I don't think anybody else could beat the bucks, but I do think they could. Um and and what's weird for in the, in the in the East, I think it's all gonna come down to matchups. Like I could see Boston, Miami, Toronto all beating each other, like any of those teams beating each other. I don't know if I could see any of them beating Milwaukee. so it's it's really weird the The thing with Milwaukee, what's what makes me a little bit nervous and why I'm concerned about them is I think they're gonna deal with the same issues that they had last year. They're gonna deal with the same issues that they had in the game where they lost to the Lakers not long before the the season was, uh, was pulled and, and, and stop. If Giannis isn't making free throws or he's not making a couple threes or his perimeter jumper, they're an easy team to kind of, to defend. Yeah. You just sag a little bit back off of Giannis. You make the other guys beat you. You make the Bledsoe's and you make the Middletons and you make the Brook Lopez's hit their shots. If they don't, they're going to lose. That's so and, true. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if Middleton
2: or Bledsoe does not step up,
0: I, I disagree. You you got these guys. It, you're also double teaming Giannis. It, I mean, every time he gets the ball, he's getting he's getting like the double or the one and a half team. And if you leave a Chris Middleton open, the guy's hitting like almost forty percent from
1: three and, in and the I, regular season. And that's the key right there. Regular season.
0: Yep. Regular season. Get yep. what does that even mean? Like. <laughs> you, you do it for 60 games but as soon as we check uh, the box that says playoffs now all that just like you know oh now you just lost your shot
1: what ends up happening is you're in a series and all of a sudden you get you lose game 1 because you just you, you struggle as a team or it's a close game back and forth and let's say you you lose like you lost to Kawhi Toronto on a a, a tough beat jumper then you start to think in your head. That's what ends up happening in the playoffs because it's a smaller sample size. You start to put that pressure on yourself. Like we do. I do it in, when you're, you're grinding as a horse player, right? You have a couple of bad days, and then you start thinking about the next day. Uh-oh, am I going to change the way I bet? Am I going to do this? You just start thinking. You start putting that pressure on yourself a little bit more. And then when you're open, you miss, you miss your first shot. And now the next time, instead of just going into fluid motion, taking the shot, you hesitate a little bit and then you miss that one. That I think, to me, that's what's the difference between regular season and playoffs, especially exactly. with teams that haven't made it all the way and won. It's that getting that chip off of your shoulder. Doing it once, and then you can relax a little bit.
2: Well, one of the reasons the Raptors advanced last year is not – I mean, Kawhi played excellent the whole time, obviously. But there some nights where he started slow, and he had to fit – and his team had to keep him in it. And guys like um, Siakam and um, Van Lowry, and yep. they all stepped up. But
0: what playoff experience did those guys have? They finally lost
1: about zero. I think they had been beat over and over, and they they had their growing pains. The only difference was instead of a DeMar DeRozan, they had Kawhi. They had the guy that could close. And
0: to that point, if Kawhi doesn't turn around in the corner against the Sixers and hit a miraculous shot, we're not talking about it. You're right. Isn't it, isn't it crazy
1: how it all comes down to one play like that? Of, exactly. Of, and how everything changes in history. My, th-
0: my thing with the Bucks, Gino, is, is really like this is a team that last year should have been
1: further than they were. They, should, they got this, the experience. They this should is, be again this year. They have no excuses this year. They are, they are definitely head and shoulders better than any other team in the East.
0: I haven't told Peach this. I'm gonna I'm gonna just bust this question out to you guys before we start looking at the Celtics. And and I think uh the stool presidentes up in Boston will, you know, they deserve an extra little chat here. But is we just saw the Mahomes contract. Giannis in my mind is worth a Mahomes type contract.
2: I agree.
0: I agree. Peach, what do you think?
2: I, I agree, I just don't think he's going to be willing to sign a contract like that in Milwaukee
1: if they don 't win this year this this and this is this is such a for milwaukee the way this season ended up with now with the the bubble because this this is screwed for them any team that doesn't i mean we, we look at what 's going to happen now in the, in this little bubble as sort of an asterisk i I still think whoever wins is the deserving champ, but if for some reason milwaukee doesn 't and now all of a sudden there's going to be all this pressure on their organization after they had this incredible year and then, the, you know, the virus kind of threw everything into, in, into a big hiccup. They're in a bad spot. They're, yeah, and, but, and, but
0: uh, to Pish's point, I, I think I would say, like, this isn't, this isn't LeBron in the first iteration with the Cavs where they're sitting there going, hey, here's Delonte West. <laughs> yeah. Hey, here's uh, the corpse of Udonis Haslam. Here you go.
1: They've tried. They've tried to go out. They've tried,
0: and they've made some really. They've made uh positive draft moves, positive trade moves, positive free agency moves, and I think Giannis is cool. I mean, he's Greek. He's not trying to live in New York City. I mean, he's he's chilling out in Milwaukee.
1: It's it's so amazing because we just um, it all really comes down to these guys individually, right? We, we think we project, but we just never, I mean, think about someone like Kawhi, right? I mean, did we ever think Kawhi was going to leave the Spurs? Never. I thought he would be a Spur lifer and never talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we never heard anything weird. And then wait, wait, sudden, wait. Can I do my uh,
0: Kawhi laugh? Please. <laughs> uh,
1: ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's good. (laughs) good. So I just, and even someone like Anthony Davis, you know, I don't, I didn't, I didn't expect him sort of demanding and pushing his way out of the, out of new Orleans. And Um, there was no tampering. There was no tampering with that whatsoever. There was none clean clean as a whistle. You know, you
2: already, you already have, you already have the warriors tampering with With Giannis. Giannis.
0: Allegedly. Can we just say allegedly? allegedly. I don't want to get sued by, uh, by somebody out in California.
1: That's why the in Lakers Oakland. went and hired Jason Kidd, and they brought in uh, Giannis's brother to play on the, la- on the this Lakers. This uh, is alleged.
0: This is all alleged. All these things are alleged, alleged. my friends.
1: Yeah, alleged. But
2: yeah, I got, I
0: got a story about an ostrich
2: that's alleged too, Gino. <laughs> Gino, what's your thoughts on the Warriors? Do you hate them? You know what? No, I I, I, I don't. Do you They're,
0: do you hate them?
2: They, I'm just curious because you know it's like you know it's. The Lakers, they're you know they're the they're are the, the hot gal in the West, and then the Warriors
1: come and they're winning all these championships. And- How can you
0: hate a team? How can you hate a team that builds something from the yeah, ground up? That's, I mean- that's why
1: I like them because they went through their growing pains. They draft, they for the most part, they drafted their team. I I liked them until in, in, they got Durant, and then I started rooting against them. But I never rooted against them with the, their initial group of guys. Um, I, it was funny. I was always a. I rooted against LeBron a lot until LeBron started to win. I didn't like the whole fact that he was being called the king and all this stuff until he'd ever won. And then once he started to win, and in particular, once he went back to Cleveland and won, that was to me when I was like, okay, wow. Now I'm, I have a ton of of respect for him that i you know, never, ever had before. But, Hey, teams, I hate the Celtics. I hate the Celtics. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's I who I wanted
0: Celtics. you to to move to. <laughs> it, give us your thoughts on uh, because me and Peach got into a little bit of a heated argument earlier today what about was it the Celtics. It was
2: a discussion. I just said. I just said. I day. know. I got
0: heated because I was like, you know, uh, well, you know, the Celtics have Tatum, and he's a pretty solid player. And you went on on a diatribe that was nuts. Though. Know,
2: Tell me if this is reasonable. I said Tatum is a B-plus role player flirting with star status. He's not ready to carry a team to the finals yet. I think that's fair.
1: I, th- I think you. he he had a, a month during this season where he, he elevated himself to a level that I didn't even know he would ever be able to get. So I think there's still a ton of upside there with him. He just – I say same worries I have with him. A few things he has to work on. His finishing has gotten a little bit better. His playmaking needs to improve just a little bit also to be the the guy. But he's one of those wild card X factors. Like you're saying, um, Pish, if he's a B plus, if he's able to somehow whatever he's done in the last few months, and if he's improved his game and he is able to be an A minus instead of a B plus, well then, then maybe they can win a, a series or two that we may not have thought they could win
2: right and I also have another theory when it comes to basketball I feel like they're superstars and they're stars I feel like they're superstars like Kawhi LeBron Steph guys like that that can put a team on their back and, and now KD I, even though I don't really enjoy Raymond
0: Green because he went to Michigan State
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't really enjoy throwing KD up there into superstar status only because he joined a super team already. But he, let's be honest, he is. Yeah, yeah he is. A um, and then I go with – and I say they're superstars because like, they're capable of winning and putting a team on their back. And then I go stars, and I'm like Westbrook, uh, mm-hmm. Harden. Yep. Guys that are really good and just pad the stats. The but every George, time they get maybe. to Yeah. Yeah, and then when they get into the playoffs, they just they win a couple series, but then they fade because they can't get the team over the hump. What do you think of that?
1: No, I agree. I agree. There feels like there is, and I think a lot of it is mentally, and it is your mentality. And sometimes it's just fit, right, being in the right place at the right time with the right group of guys. But I completely agree in that. I don't know if a, a James Harden-led team could win. Can James Harden be right. your one? We he saw can be 1A, Maybe. You know, if, if but can he be your one? And I, and I don't, I, that's it's a really good point. Cause I look, you look at teams in like with Boston right now, for example, the Celtics, do they have a one? No. Is it going to be a Kemba? Is it going to be Tatum? Is it Brown? Did they have somebody night in night out? I don't know if it's there yet and maybe in two years it's Tatum. And then maybe in two years, they've got a, a combination of a Tatum. and And then you have Kemba and Brown as your sort of, you're two and you're three. And then that makes the team much different, but yep. Tatum's got to prove it. Just like we're, we're asking with Giannis too, right? Right. He's got to prove it. Tatum's still behind Giannis obviously with what he's got to do, but he's got to prove he can get to the next level. Giannis is at the next level. Now, now he's just got one more box to check. I can do it in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just – I've always thought that, and we saw that two years ago with uh, – or three or – two or three years, I'm not sure, but when uh, the Warriors went up on – not the Warriors, I'm sorry, when the Rockets, Rockets. went up on the Warriors 3-1, to one, three, Chris
1: three, Paul one three, two, got injured, yeah, yeah.
2: and then they lost three straight games, and then game seven, Harden was like
1: five of 30. He's, he's <laughs> had series two where – one of the series where they were playing the Clippers – and it, it, the Clippers were going to win, and and the Rockets go on this insane run while Harden's on the bench, and they end up winning. He wasn't even playing. It was with Josh Smith was out there, and um, so yeah, I I I got to see it from Harden before I can believe it.
2: To- totally agree. There's analytics, which is nice, but then there gets to a certain point where you need analytics to take. Got to use the eye
1: test. You got to use a yep. little
2: bit of both, right? Yep. 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 All right, hey, well. Gina,
0: we, we're going to be uh, wrapping up here shortly as we uh, turn into the final stretch. Again, please check out That's What G Said. Uh, it, it's on YouTube. It's wherever you're uh, getting your podcast. Fire up your Google machine. This guy's awesome. We've really enjoyed tonight. Before we let you go, though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you savor on this because if you want to pick uh, the Lakers, if it, it, it you know versus who, or if you want to change that pick for the NBA Finals, I want you to give it peace. In your mind, where you go in NBA Finals, I'll follow and I'll I'll leave the cleanup spot for Mr. Gino. I'm going Lakers Bucks. Ah, uh, I wasn't ready
1: for this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready when if you I, want me to go first. I,
0: I am going. I am going. Uh,
1: Clippers. Bucks. I'm going to go Lakers, Sixers. But since I'm a Laker fan, I'll give you one other team in the West that I think is going to, to play really well. And they might have an opportunity to maybe upset the Clippers or win a couple series. That's the Dallas Mavericks. I think with health, with a healthy Luka, with a healthy I Porzingis, love they have a great plus minus. They've dealt with some injuries. When they're good and they win, Porzingis. they are really, really good. So give Dallas a look. If they're able to get a six seed, I would like, I would rank Dallas maybe as my third team in the West behind the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, honestly, I think they could beat Denver. I think they could beat Oklahoma. I think they could beat, um, you know, a lot of those teams in that range right there that are going to be in the three through seven. Um, so Dallas is kind of the sneaky team for me. If it's not the Lakers, then maybe Dallas has an upset shot. I like so that
0: Catch dark- Gino, catch Gino Bucola on Shark Tank uh this friday <laughs> uh
2: it'll be fun times He's has some, some great ideas <laughs> I do love i
1: do love mark cuban me too i love him i do hey He's, Gino, real quick rapid fire do you think there's gonna be college football i don't i don't know how they could um my sister works over at usc she's in part of the athletic department i, I keep my fingers crossed i hope so i, I would love to i just I, everything i've seen and read i, I just I, I don't know it doesn't seem good what about fo- what about nfl I think NFL's got a better shot because I think they, <laughs> they don't really care about their players as much right now. <laughs> all joking aside, they, money-wise, I think they'll push through. They have big rosters or they could bring players in. I could see them saying someone's got the virus and bring another lineman in to, to fill. So I think the money for the, for the pro game might speak a little bit more than it would for the college game. Do we get through all these bubbles? I think the basketball bubble has the best opportunity because they don't have as much to do. Baseball's got a full season, even though it's only 60 games. Basketball feels like a few weeks, we're going to cut out a bunch of teams already that are going to be eliminated. And then another round of playoffs, a bunch of teams are going to be eliminated. So I think they have the best opportunity, seemingly just needing to finish a season. Gino Bacola, everybody. He's the man. You heard it it there. It's at it's Gino B. Love it guys. Love talking with you it's anytime. It's me Gino B. and it's, it's me, me Gino, Gino B. B. And the, the the show you mentioned it a few times, you gave me my plugs. That's what G said is the podcast. You can download and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and I'm subscribed. I, I hope I hope everybody else is because your show like you said at the up
0: top it's it's a hodgepodge, and you give what I love is you give the marks. So like yep. maybe I'm not interested in playing skip around Canterbury, yeah. but I'm interested in uh, Emerald. Uh, I'm interested in your recap of uh, AEW NXT. Maybe I'm not interested in uh, MLB East preview. So yeah, exactly. Whatever, I love, it's great.
1: I don't I don't expect a lot of people to listen to the whole thing, but I feel like doing a show this way, it'll get some baseball fans, some basketball fans, some football fans, a little bit of everyone, so I can keep everyone appeased. And I mean, this is all stuff that I love too, right? This is I, I'm I'm doing it all because I'm paying attention and I'm interested. So anytime you guys want to talk sports, wrestling, racing, you name it, I'm here for you. Thanks. All right.
0: Gino. Thank you, Gino. You guys have a, a great night and uh we will see you next time on the Patience Two podcast.